Welcome back to the Rise of the Rune Lords. It's me, DM Clinton, and I'm here with the Warriors of Light. We are led by Alex, who plays Aristotle. I'm not leading anybody right now. I'm still a little stone. <laughs> Nathan, you're playing Reeton. I look this ring of featherfall. Yes, the. Oh, man. <laughs> Aiden, are you playing Veraskin? Yes, I am, and I thought that was a pretty rock solid combat. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Connor, are you playing Hugo? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, no, uh, no sight jokes for you. All right, <laughs> all right. I, I mean, it, it's been like a hundred episodes at this point. I think we got them all out. Does anybody else have a blind joke to say before we go on? Just get it out of your system. Yeah, I don't see one before me, so no, I me think either. we're okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's just out of sight. Anyway. Uh, We are here in front of a cave that a number of cloud giants and a very dumb frost giant came out of and were guarding this pass. Is there any intention on going inside that cave and checking it out? I have a little bit of an intention. I do want to toss something to Aristotle. Uh, I have a few of them. So do you want a potion of invigorate for the next combat just so you can be a little more useful? Are you telling me that the intensified empowered fireball and ray of disintegration were not useful? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it might. if you get a full round, it might be a little bit better than being fatigued. I will take them, but I'm also going to let you know that I have potions invigorate that I've chosen not to use. Oh, well then screw you. I'm not going to give you any potions invigorate. <laughs> you should have used them yourself. I have like five, I think. Oh, I see. See, I only have three. No, I have eight. Oh, wow. You're <laughs> yeah. good then. And I have five potions of lesser restoration because it does wisdom damage to me every time I smoke. That makes sense. Yeah. Aristotle, mm. do you intend to yell that across the chasm? Which part about the potions of invigorate? All, all, all of this conversation. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Roger that. What's the worst that could happen? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the experience is coming right at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a cave here, entrance. I'll go into the cave. All right. Inside, the giants have gathered a total of 1,265 gold pieces in coin. I don't see anything in here, guys. And a chest of copper bars. You're going to have to do a a price check on that. How do I hide a thing of copper bars? (laughs) I mean, I know a way. I mean, I have a bag of holding, right? Yeah. Hey, guys, there's a bunch of copper bars. I don't know how much it's worth. Somebody want to take a look at it? You guys are not the best at appraising, but, it, I mean, it, it's free, right? And there's also a fine cave bear cloak as well that needs appraising. While we're doing this, I'm going to do some finger wiggling and do a quick uh, detect magic. Oh, okay. I'm going to make my way over there. All right. I have a quick question, because I just rolled a 15 on my appraise. That's good enough. So the bars are worth 500 gold. Is that all together, 500? Yeah, 500 for the lot okay. of bars. The fine cave bear cloak needs another appraise check. Hugo got a 21. Yeah, there you go. 2,000 gold pieces. Fancy cloak. Is it, is it magical? No. Okay. Okay, that's the last of the loot in the cave. The cave is very shallow. It doesn't go back more than 50, 60 feet. We have somewhere to retreat to if we need to. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. All right, gather up the treasure. Head out back to the environs of Shinshalast. Yep, and keep going north up the path. Okay. I'm still not eating. I mean, you might want to, like, we found the path. The, I'm thinking the path might disappear if I'm not starving. 
I believe in him. I don't think there's any reason to risk it, at least not until we're familiar with where we're going. All right. Yeah, because if we can at least get there, then we can teleport in and out and stuff like that. We don't have to. But I just want to make sure that we get there. And I'm not, like you said, risking it. That makes sense. All right. You have arrived at Jinshalast. Also, as we're getting closer, I will switch my primary amulet back to my domineering amulet of Mighty Fist. Okay, thank you. Uh, about 13 miles or so. And I am still being carried by Raskin. Okay. Jinshalast, fabled city at the edge of reality. A stepping stone between this world and that which is beyond. Doorway to the Plateau of Lang. The spired city of Jinshalast has stirred the imaginations of poets and madmen for thousands of years. Quite a feat for a city that, nestled against the slopes of one of the tallest mountains on Golarion, has been lost to exploration in all that time. Legends have called Jinshalast the cradle of life, claim it was built by the first race, and hold its streets to be of gold and towers to be of ruby and diamond. The tableau defies belief. A narrow mountain pass opens into a glacial valley extending north, then turning to the west at the base of the vast mountain at the far end. Filling this valley is an ice-capped city of enormous proportions. The near end is mostly blocked by a huge fortress of smooth black stone with multiple towers rising from its high walls. Exiting the bailey of this fortress is a massive causeway of gold that dominates the city as it travels down the center of the vale. Enormous towers and spires of many-colored stone pack both sides of the central thoroughfare, rising to prodigious heights and giving the illusion that the road itself is a valley. The eastern slope of the valley has been partially subsumed by an ancient volcanic flow. Nearly a quarter of the city appears to have been so buried. That section is now little more than a great mass of ice, with the jagged angles and peaks of ruined structures poking through its topmost lair here and there. Where the valley curves slightly to the west, the structures, if anything, grow even larger, becoming truly gigantic as they climb up and over the rocky spur. At the far end of the valley, the city abuts the lower slope of a truly massive peak. Yet the city builders have appeared to have taken no heed of this change in slope for the great causeway merely elevates at a steep angle and continues to climb the incline in a nearly straight line, transforming into an immense stairway. Additional buildings cling precariously to the mountain face alongside the causeway, growing even larger and more impressive as they ascend. The gigantic buildings finally give way to a few thousand feet above, but the mighty road continues to wend its treacherous way to just below the mountain's peak. There, a spired citadel looms, its size and proportions truly magnificent. It, too, fails to summit the mountain. Instead, its topmost spires end just below the dominant face of a stern man, carved into the peak of the mountain and surveying the city below. The otherworldly quality of this strange panorama is further reinforced by the sound of the cold winds slicing across the high peaks, making strange cries and shrieks in the thin mountain air. Even today, the most striking aspect of the lower city is its epic size. Everything about Jinshalast is massive, designed as it was to house hundreds of thousands of citizens in close quarters, a sizable portion of them giants. 
Buildings tower to great heights. Byways are wide and lined by massive columns. Doorways are cavernous openings, and building interiors are composed of great hollow chambers like the naves of primeval cathedrals. When first viewed from the entrance pass into the valley, the city seems much smaller than it really is. Only when the viewer realizes the distance and scale involved do you grasp the true scope of this monstrous place. So we see here that there are small drifts of snow lying against buildings and mounds of stone. And the buildings, as built as they were by giants, are incredibly durable with thick walls and roofs and have largely remained intact throughout the ages. Many have hold roofs or crumbling sections, but remain structurally sound. Very few beyond specific areas of the city mentioned below have crumbled into true ruin. The structures of the lower city reminiscent of the ancient architecture of vast proportions that can still be found in other parts of Rissia, such as the Storval Stair or the Irespan of Magnamar. Other than these similarities and a propensity for multi-balconied spires, the actual buildings of Xinchalast are extremely dissimilar, built in a great variety of exotic styles reflecting the various races, multiple cultures of the subjugated peoples and magnificent architecture skill that magic once available to the Empire of Thassalon. Okay, we're gonna transfer you now to a new map. That place is really big. Yeah, that's a big map. It's uh, big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Lots of named things. Yeah, let's stick to the named areas, if you would. All these other buildings are just empty or places of unknown dangers start going building to building we'll scratch them off with a pen when we've been there uh, <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i was thinking mm -hmm. i'm getting like a, a shangri-la kind of mental image very much that's so. exactly yeah as you're entering this area you're, you're seeing here the lower edge this is a giant citadel and that will be your first stop the causeway goes up and around and lifts up off the ground just like the iron span but it dwarfs it over here you can see the great face on the mountain, huge and grim. Now, does the face look that uh, green goblin-y? <laughs> Has it like actually been worn by the elements on that, or is that just the artist depiction? Artist depiction, but I think maybe yeah. that is somewhat. Yeah, it does look a lot like green goblin with horns and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna suggest that Aristotle eat something. Uh, I can just activate the ring. Of yes, that and that will solve your problem. I say a hill giant. Yes, coming from a building nearby, two hill giants appear, uh, and they are 150 feet away. Roll initiative. Yeah. Hugo got a 26. Yeah, Raskin got an 8. Aristotle got a 16. Rain got a 15. So you have 150 feet between the two of them, or between the two of you, your groups. Hill giants appear in the building just to your east, and as you approached, you uh, discover them. All right, Hugo, you are first. I think that's outside of your range of vision. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know what I want to have happen, but I, I actually know what's going to happen. I would like you to make a perception check. Sure. Minus 15. Minus 15, that will be a 25. No, that's not true. A 24. A 24. Okay, so that's more than the 10 needed to see them. So you can you hear them. For the sakes of being legal targets, how far away would you say they are? 150 feet. From each other, to specify. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, probably 10 feet apart. I'm going to throw a flame strike in there. 
If they're 10 feet apart, I won't be able to hit both, but I will hit one of them. Just land one on one. Okay. Yep. So let's roll that. Could I get a reflex save for that? Yes. How about a 20? That does not do it, but it was actually pretty close. <laughs> okay. That will be 51 points of damage. 51. Oh, that's pretty good. Boom. Okay. Hurt some bat bellows in pain. Hugo shot out. If it's not obvious, we got company. All right. Are you done? Mm-hmm. Aristotle, you're next. Aristotle is going to be casting a spell. I'm going to cast haste. Okay. Everybody is hasted. Yay. Okay. Any movement? Nah. You like this range? Yeah, for now. Okay. All right. All right, Reeton. Since I am hasted now. Thank you, Aristotle. Yeah. That means I have enough movement that I can charge one of them. I'm going to charge the one that my good friend Hugo hit. I'm going to, you know, enable rage, power attack, giant slayer, haste. And the normal elemental is going to be fire, and the secondary is going to be electricity. And let's see what I roll. Well, does a 52 hit? Does a 52 hit? Yes. And I believe a 39 confirms a critical. The first hit would be 37 points of damage, and the crit would be 39 points of damage. Uh-huh. The... D6 of fire for two, D6 of electricity for six, and D10 of fire for the burst is another three. So that's another 11 points of damage. That's 75, 86 points of damage. (laughs) 86 points of damage. Yeah. He's at negative 52. (laughs) You drive your sword fully into his heart, killing it instantly. And I helped. Thank you. You did help. All right. Jesus, Reeton. I think you could drop one with that blow, just straight up. Yeah, that's that's the point. That's my that's my entire character. And that <laughs> other one's gonna turn at me and hit me really hard. That's right. Cry. He takes a five foot step and smacks you with his tree trunk. Mm-hmm. He'll take a five foot step and slap you twice. Okay. AC twenty six misses. What? I have a twenty seven. Wow. <laughs> Even with a minus two for charging. Oh, you're right. No, it would be 25. Ah, okay. Hits you for 24 points. That hits. The second one does not hit. AC 16 misses. Okay. There's a little love tap. Okay. Braskin? Uh, I'm just going to stand there and just chuckle and be like, well, seems like he has this under control. Okay. Round two, Hugo. I think Hugo, seeing what's going on, is just going (laughs) to chuckle and say, looks like he has that under control. I think I will delay. Okay. All right, Aristotle. Let me see what level telekinetic charge is, and we can just end this right now. Yeah, sure. I'll blow a fourth level spell and give Reeton a free charge, and he can get he can attack. Okay. I mean, really, you don't have to. I'll just do a five foot step the next round and full attack. My next turn okay. and do a full attack. So I mean, then I won't do anything. You could always telekinetic charge Braskin against his will. <laughs> I um, it has to be one willing creature. I mean, if Raskin feels the push, he won't fight against it. <laughs> I I also can't willingly be the subject of spells. Ah, he's raging because I'm raging. Oh, you're currently raging. I forgot. Yeah. Well, do you want to shove Raskin into the face of a hill giant? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. It's not like I'm gonna run out of spell slots. I've never come close. The hill giant will get an attack of opportunity. I don't think you're gonna worry. AC 22? No, not even close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. AC 40? Hits. 37 plus 8, 45 points of physical damage, 4 acid. So 45 total. Yep. Okay. And then I get to make a free intimidate check. Oh, okay. 52 to... Do you have the DC real handy? 10 plus hit dice plus... 
wisdom modifier? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's wisdom. Okay, 10 plus 10 for the hit dice, that's 20, plus wisdom modifier, zero. So 20. Okay, <laughs> so I beat it by 30. So he uh-huh. is shaken for six <laughs> rounds. Shaken for six rounds, okay. Well, actually, it's seven, sorry. Realistically, it's going to be like a fraction of a second, because once yep. he turns over, he's getting smashed. Right. Okay, Reeton. All right, five foot step, full round attack. Because of haste, I get an additional attack at my highest BAB. Okay. So it's dead. Yep. So the first one, I rolled a natural 20 for a 53, and I assume a 41 <laughs> confirms. 41 does confirm. Uh, that's 79 points of damage. 79. Okay. Plus a D6 of 2, plus a D10 Seven. of 4. 85. My second attack was a natural 20. No, no, he's at minus 45. He's dead. But my second attack was also a natural 20. Yeah, you, you, you cut his leg off at the shoulders. <laughs> Just roll the numbers quietly and add up the total and we'll mark it down. If, if it's the highest one, okay? All right, two hill giants down, just like that. Okay, so was does a twenty one hit? If it's unconscious, no, 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 yeah, it's true. it's dead, dead, dead. Okay, so let's see. Uh, where is it? Uh, three thousand two hundred XP each for each one of those. Drop in the bucket. Woo! The giant's treasures are stinking hide armor, a tree trunk for as a great club. And then something else. They have the giant bags. Now, where do I see those things? Whoever's first to roll a die 100, and whoever's the second to roll a die 100, I will read those. Aristotle got 11. A spoiled horse meat, 30 pounds of it. Mm. And then Hugo got a 67. Two spoiled horse meats. That is a cloth bag of golden pearls. Roll a die 12. That is going to be a nine. Nine of them at 100 gold pieces each. Not bad. That's not bad. Okay. We want to put that in party loot, anyone? Already got it. Cool. I left out the horse meat. What are you thinking? <laughs> Rayton needs to eat. Spoiled horse meat. It's rotten. <laughs> that was the first of many random encounters that will be here in this city. Do you uh, continue? It's been like a quarter of an episode, so I certainly hope so. Right. I think we should end it here, guys. <laughs> Go back to Magnamar. If we don't count uh, additional damage... I would have had 222 <laughs> if I missed my fourth attack. So Respectable. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty okay. Can you pop me a couple heals, Hugo? I'll get the wand. I just want to make sure. That I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of giants. If I recall correctly, our uber-charged wand is back to full. I'll start using that again. Oh, yeah. Yep, 50 out of 50. How many you want? Uh, two or three. Okay, I put you on a new map. This is the map of Karak Naratha giant map. It is not a map that was provided, so I modified one to fit the situation. And uh, you're walking along here, you're on a on the golden road, and you're moving along, and you'll, uh, ahead you can see the, the very thick walls of the castle. And uh, go ahead, everyone, make perception checks. You're allowing us to roll it ourselves? Yeah, go ahead. 17. Hugo got a 27. 20. 30. Okay, those that got uh, 20 or above can see that there are some strange bird-like creatures sitting on the top of the walls. They're like vulture men. They're carrying bows in their foot talons. 
they are on watch, and apparently they should be able to see you. Let's see. And there's a voice from behind. Where can I get you, my pretty? <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that guy. They're pink-skinned, vulture heads, long, snaky tongue, and ratty feathers. It's like if you gene-spliced a vulture with a flamingo. Yes, it's a vulture flamingo. Uh, a, a cry of alarm is called from the creatures. All right, since, uh, let's see, Vraskin, you did not perceive them. Does anyone else want to um, attempt to try to determine what these are? Yeah. What knowledge? What would that be? Planes? Or... I'm going to look that up in a sec. It looks demonic. Knowledge. Nature, right? Nature. <laughs> Dungeoneering. Huh? Huh? It does look a little slimy. It's like a bird version of a naked mole rat. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Only less cute. Looks like it's gonna be nature. Oh, I, whoa! I, I was just joking. I can't do that. Yeah, me neither. It's your time to shine, Nathan. I rolled ten. <laughs> A ten. You don't know what this is. <laughs> Once again, you let us down. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else can check. Okay. Yeah. What do you do? Roll initiative. Okay. We could try to communicate with it, guys. Maybe not everything wants to murder. Uh, they are vultures, but still. We're in the, the main city of the big bad evil guy. His face is on the mountainside. Ooh. Uh, do we still have haste? Yeah, how long has it been since uh, last battle? Oh, well, let's see. You must have moved oh, quite a ways. If it was more than 30 seconds, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, we moved a little bit faster because we were hasted, but we'll just say it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Aristotle got a 21. Hugo got a 12. Uh, Reiton got a 19. Raskin got a six. And the Kutramas got a 13, so they go before Hugo, but after Reeton. Go ahead, Aristotle. What do you do? Well, yeah, they're far away. They aren't outside fireball range. That's true, and I did perceive them, so I know they're there. And I have plenty of spell slots, so what's the point of having all of them if I don't use them, right? How far does that telekinetic charge go? It has a 60-foot range. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw a fireball up there. Boom, like that? Yeah, and uh, let's throw a metamagic feed on it, because I can do that. And I'm going to use an ability that I have called uh, Metamagic Adept, which is going to allow me to use a Metamagic feat without increasing the casting time, although I have to use a higher spell level slot still. Okay. So uh, let's do an intensified one and make it a 15d6 instead of 10. Mm-hmm. And that's a full round action normally. Yes. The Metamagic Adept, it decreases the casting time. Okay. Let's see what their reflex saves are. Yeah. And the reflex save we're looking for is going to be a 26. So I have a 25 and a 14. I rolled a 1. Ooh. Yeah. Do I need to overcome spell resistance? I should always be asking that one first. Any spell resistance? No spell resistance. Okay. Man, that's a lot of 1s, and I'm going to add 5 more to that. So it's going to be a total of 43 damage. Okay, the battle has begun. With a fireball from Aristotle, we go to Reeton. So I'm going to move my full distance of 120 because I'm still on my floating carpet. Mm -hmm. You could run. Run six times your movement, right? Four. Four. Unless you have the feet, which turns it into five. Mm -hmm. So I'd be able to move another 120 feet. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll do that. Okay. So this creature throws down into the courtyard a thunderstone. It alerts the entire compound. Okay, so a thunderstone goes off, alerting the entire complex from that one. The others uh, gear up for battle. So let's see, what's your range to you? 225? So it kind of hovers, picks itself up, and then fires using its feet. Okay. Now longbows have a range increment of 
think a hundred, unless it's composite. It's composite. I think you had five feet for each rank. I thought it was ten. Wish I knew all the details, but there's just too many. Too much. Composite longbows are 110 range. So 225 is just outside of into the third range increment. So then he'll fire at minus four. AC 15, or I'm sorry, 16. AC 21, and he rolled a one. They all miss. I will roll that again. To see if oh I rolled a twenty to confirm. Okay. So that's just a plain miss. I see that. Let's go sixty feet. Three hundred, so that's also minus four. Thirty-one. That does hit. For ten points of damage. Minus six points of damage. And then I'm moving the other guys. Okay. So I would like to use uh it says twice per day. The wearer can act as if he has the snatch arrows feet even if he does not meet the prerequisites for the feat. I am wearing gloves of arrow snatching, and I just have to have one hand free to be able to grab the arrow out of the air. Okay, is there a roll that you need to make? Nope. No, you just grab the arrow out of the air. And I don't get hit by it. I believe that's what the feat does. That's that's monk shenanigans right there. Yeah, it sure is. I can do it twice per day, so it's not like it's going to save my life, but mm-hmm. hey, I didn't take that six damage. Awesome. <laughs> it worked. You did it. <laughs> okay. I am done with all the creatures. Hugo. There was a bunch moving into range coming from over the top of the wall. Oh, I see. The wall is 50 feet high. Hugo is going to do the run action. My question for you is it looks like there's some rocks on the upper left-hand side here. If I hid behind those, would that benefit some sort of cover? Yes. You can even get full cover from the big ones. Uh, I will go ahead and stash myself behind that big one, mm-hmm. and that will be a four-round action. Okay. Braskin. I will fly up behind Reeton and just fly up next to him. I have 90-foot fly speed, so I can at least keep up with him. Uh, and that's my turn. Roger that. Okay. That is the end of round one. Round two. Aristotle. All right. I'm looking at the map, and I'm going to cast another spell. I am going to, since I haven't declared I've done so, I'm going to take out my Rod of Spell Absorption just so that I have that handy in case anything surprises me. And then uh, let's cast some Dimension Door. And I'm going to pop up behind this bush over here. Okay. Zip. All right, Reeton. Well, that thing is still far away from me, so I'll just move the 120 so I don't lose my decks. And... Mm-hmm. So right. I'm just hustling up to the 120, and I'm... Quite a ways away from any of them right now. So. Yes. The bird creatures. All right. The first one on the left here, it will attack you. Let's move okay. 60 feet and fire once. Uh, they have a special ability that allows them to, when they fire once, it's called Catastrophic Shot. It's an extraordinary ability. Whenever this creature makes only a single attack in a round with a bow, it increases the critical threat range of that shot to 18 to 20. Okay. Just letting you know. One single attack, that's a 31 to AC. Let's look at the range. 60 feet. 60 feet. Okay. So that is well within single range, so no penalties. AC 31, does it hit? That hits. For 11 points. Are you going to catch this? No. Okay. Next one. 60 feet and then fires at you too. What's the range? 80 feet, same. Okay, so roll it again. Masterwork large composite longbow. Ooh, natural 20. So got a 38 to crit, AC 31 to confirm. 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna snag that one. Okay. I'm gonna, it's gonna be coming right for my head. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, got that one. Uh huh. The next one fires at you, 120 feet. So that's gonna be that's a minus two to this attack roll. Rolled a natural one. Rolled a 24 to confirm. Misses. That's a miss. That's a that's a fumble. Yeah. All right. So this is a ranged attack, wide open. This creature is considered flat-footed for one round. Nice. Okay. Next one on the wall comes down 60 feet and fires at Reeton. Why? Why? There's a Aristotle right here. Mm-hmm. Behind a bush. <laughs> that cover. 145 feet, so that's two ranged increments, or the second, so that's minus two. AC 29. Minus? Minus two, so that would be 27. My AC is 28. Okay. Misses by one. If y'all would just line up in a line and be very close to me, I would appreciate that. <laughs> or just bunch up in general. That'd be nice. Yeah. 250 feet, so that's minus four to the attack roll. And I got a AC 25 on the dice, minus four, AC 21 misses. Misses. Okay, and then the others are moving. Okay, that one ran. This one ran. So they lose their decks. They lose their decks, yes. And this one over here on the right is flat-footed. Yeah, this one's flat-footed, right. Another one appears. Let's go 120 as a hustle. So there's a lot of these guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of them. That is a lot. Yes. Okay. That is the end of the turn for them. Hugo. Hugo, in all the excitement he can muster, is going to do another run action. Piggyback to another collection of rocks on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. All right, Vraskin. Alrighty. Double move to here. That'll be my turn. Just a double move. Double move to melee range? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, sorry, I'm below them. So, like, I'm still on ground. They're 60 feet straight up. All right. Well, with that, we are running out of time. So we will continue this battle next time on Rise of the Rune Lords. Rise of the Rune Lords. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Down with the Rune Lords. 